Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I am thrilled for this uh, opportunity to talk with my friend Sal Greco, someone who uh, I have known for several years and have been eager to talk to for the last two years on the radio because his case to me is an absolute travesty, irrespective of uh, where you live or where you fall on the political spectrum. If the injustice that was done to him, in my view, I'm just speaking for myself here, is allowed to stand, it sets a very poor precedent for free speech in this country, freedom of association in this country, and the future of law enforcement all over the country. And it's really, um, it just is really kind of a crummy case. We're going to tell you more about it. I'm very, very pleased to be joined in studio by Sal Greco, recently fired NYPD officer and a close friend of uh, controversial political advisor, Roger Stone. Hello, Sal. Good to be here, Frank. It's great to uh, it's great to see you. I wish we were uh, here talking about circumstances other than your firing. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I remember coming by this building when uh, I actually was working. So yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. Now, how long were you a police officer for? A little over fourteen years. And where did you? Where were some of the places that you served in your time as a cop? I worked in um, Brooklyn South. Worked in uh, Manhattan. I covered Queens and the Bronx. Uh, I really didn't go to Staten Island. I was never there. So you, uh, but so you served in a lot of different places all over the city. Correct. Some some rough neighborhoods some, as well. Uh, under, you know, undesirable places, we'll say. Yeah, and um, never really a history of uh, you getting in trouble or being a troublesome cop or anything like that. No, actually, uh, I have uh, I won. Uh, well, I have fifty four medals. Under my belt, I have uh, have 320-something arrests, over 320 uh, arrests. Uh, I was always one of the top guys in DWI arrests during, during my career. So it's not like – and I've uh, also uh, been a part of at least close to 1,000 arrests. I've been in multiple cases in uh, court, you know. So it wasn't like I was uh, – somebody just sat around and – you know, you, you, read about, you read about these cops from time to time that uh, have all these disciplinary actions or who are wrongfully arresting people all the time, all these troublesome cops, yep. a history of uh, police brutality and CCRB complaints. You had nothing like that. Uh, the only CCRB I ever got was exonerated on. Okay. So. Um, all right. So a lot of what's happened to you seems to have to do with your relationship with Roger Stone. Roger Stone, obviously a longtime associate and former advisor to uh, Donald Trump, the former president. How did you get to know Roger Stone? Uh, I actually, Roger, Roger and I, we, uh, he, he contacted me off of Instagram because I was his friend and I was liking his pictures because uh, his case, well, he didn't have a case yet, but the, you know, the, the media was portraying him uh, a certain way and it was it was crazy at that time because they were saying you know uh, 
President Trump and his Russian collusion and, you know, Roger Stone and WikiLeaks and all, all this stuff. And it was just a, a drumbeat and the vitriol of hatred that was associated with Roger and what they post on his pictures. It was just otherworldly to me. So I, you know, I, I, I took it up and saying, I don't think this is right. I mean, he's, he, you know, he, he seems like a good guy. And then when I, I finally got to know him and, you, you know how Roger is. He's a great guy. So you guys met one another through social media. Correct. And then you guys became friends. Yes. I became very close friends also with his family. I know Nidia, Nidia very well. Nidia is his wife for people that don't know. Uh, Audrey, his daughter, and Scott, who's his son. And Scott is also a police officer in Broward County. So you just got to know Roger really over the last few years. Correct. Yeah, and um, did you um, you were just regular friends? You didn't have a professional relationship, or as was described in uh, several newspapers, you weren't his bodyguard. I have never been anybody's bodyguard, nor anybody's security. Now, uh, so much of what happened in your case seems to have to do with January sixth. Now, uh, wherever people fall on the political spectrum. I think everyone acknowledges there was some wrongdoing that happened on January 6th. You have one side that calls it a, an insurrection. You have another side that calls it a riot. But clearly you had some people in the Capitol that didn't belong there, whether that's an insurrection or whether the, or whether that's a riot. Were you one of those people? Were you storming the Capitol on January 6th? Uh, Frank, I have probably not been anywhere within a thousand yards ever in my lifetime of that building. So what were you doing on January 6th? On on January fifth, actually, I uh, was with Roger. We were he he had a couple of uh, events that he was um, speaking at. Uh, I was there as his friend to support Roger. I believe the people that were there were there because they just wanted their voice heard because they were looking to have a, a delay of uh, ten days to cert to certify elections so that they could hear about uh, whatever it was the irregularities or whatever the issue was with the. Uh, the election. I was there to support uh, Roger. Uh, into the to the next day, uh, he was. I guess he was going to speak at the ellipse uh, at cer- at a certain point, but there was it, it never occurred. I I couldn't even get my own ticket that I was supposed the tickets for me and for him and to get into the the ellipse. It was just so many people there that. You didn't know whether it was a VIP entrance. It was very chaotic, to, to say the least. So where were you on the 6th? We, we, we stepped out. The infamous video that you keep seeing about uh, ABC News, it, you know, that was, it, we, we stepped out for five, what is it, five minutes. We actually got kicked out of the hotel because you weren't allowed in the lobby unless you had, um, it was like a COVID restriction or something. Either you went to your room or you stayed outside. So we came outside to get a, a, a breath of fresh air, and then we went basically back up to the room, and then that was it. And we were watching the speech in the room. So you stayed in your hotel room, and then it, you went home. Correct. So um, you were not Roger's bodyguard, and he, uh, you weren't didn't get paid anything by Roger. The only instances of any money ever being transferred between the Stone family and Sal Greco there was two instances where I went to Florida. I uh, I was there during the summer, I think a couple of months, 
uh, prior to this. So it was probably June or July, and I went there. I I had uh, rented out a, a hotel room, so Nidia reimbursed me. Says I wanted I wanted you to be here with the family because it was right after I believe you got commuted the sentence. And then the second time later on, it was October or something. The car, the family car broke down. So I rented a vehicle, and then once again, Nidia reimbursed me for the vehicle because nobody had the car. That's the only money transfer ever has been. So when did, if people just tuning in, we're talking with Sal Greco. If you want to learn more about this case or donate uh, to his legal defense fund uh, because his legal bills are substantial, you can go to the website helpthisnycomp.com. That's helpthisnycomp.com. And I believe you can even purchase a Sal Greco Did Nothing Wrong t-shirt. If you can't purchase it, you can at least see an image of it. That's helpthisnycomp.com. When did your problems with the police department begin as a result of your association with Roger Stone, your association, uh, your attendance in D.C. on January 6th, all this stuff? When did the problems begin? Uh, I believe we caught wind almost immediately one or two days after uh, one of my uh, former co-workers uh, told me that there uh, there was, you know, they, there's a list of people or something that was going on in some kind of chat room somewhere, and it mentioned me, and there were pictures of me. They're all pictures of me on other people's Instagram. It's everything prior to this day because – January sixth, obviously, we were never at the Capitol. I have, you know, I don't know anything about that. So uh, that I caught wind of this, and then the the funny part, well, it's not even funny. The sad part is the first day of my interrogation was actually January twenty fifth, which, if you remember, is the actual anniversary of when CNN uh, was at Rogers' house originally. And in, in, uh, oh, that's wild! I, the Gestapo raid on that. the house, yeah. I had forgotten that. So uh, the department comes to you and says what, essentially? Well, essentially they wanted to learn about the, you know, how you, uh, did I, how did I meet Roger? You know, what's your relationship with him? Obviously there were a lot of questions about the whole January 6th, uh, things about obviously this must be the very first or a, maybe a unique time where, the president of the United States was invoked in this interrogation. They were asking me about him and his speech and the, the ellipse. Many times I've been asked about the president. So, uh, so uh, one of the things that the – so you go through this whole – which is amazing to me, an NYPD departmental trial. And one of the things that they accuse you of is associating with felons, which you're not supposed to do, I guess, as a police officer. Now, Roger Stone, who was pre- uh, who was pardoned by President Trump for his federal crime, he's a felon. And uh, Kristen Davis, who's part of Roger's inner circle, she has a felony conviction as well. Now, uh, before we get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of what happened in your case, uh, look, you're a cop, you're a law enforcement official – you know you're not supposed to hang around with with felons. Why are you hanging around with folks like Roger Stone and Kristen Davis? Well, the the rule of uh, associating with convicted felons is a little bit of a record, or you know, for uh, well, this is what we'll we'll break this down to because you know. So 
I'm being accused that I violated the the, the rule of uh, associating with a known felon. Okay, Roger Stone was saying he's a, he's a, he, Roger is a, is a known felon. We know his partner and Kristen. Or we'll say Kristen Davies also. Your problem with this is under equal protection law here. There's an equal protection law. Your mayor, Eric Adams, who spent 22 years in the New York City Police Department as a, I believe, a lieutenant or a police captain, he admittingly, in his book and his numerous articles, was security and a bodyguard for Mike Tyson and Louis Farrakhan, who was also a convicted felon. He was investigated, but he was never charged nor was he fired for this event. So here you are six years shy of 20 years, go on trial and fired ultimately after this trial for, among other things, associating with felons. And you're saying Mayor Adams not only uh, worked as security for Mike Tyson, but associated with other felons like Louis Farrakhan, and he never got a departmental trial. He never got fired. That is correct. And why do you think that is? Why do you think they picked? To, they chose to pick on Sal Greco, but 25, 30 years ago, they didn't choose to pick on Eric Adams? Well, I believe this is uh, glaringly obvious. It's because, number one, I am friends with Roger Stone, and number two, my support for President Trump. So you think you were singled out because of your your politics? Correct. So what's next for you? It was reported um, in uh, several publications that uh, you're going to be filing a lawsuit. What's happening with that? Correct. Uh, Right now I'm in the process of uh, filing a a $25 million lawsuit that will be equal protection lawsuit where obviously we'll we'll be calling – Mayor Eric Adams, not in his role as mayor, but as a a civilian, as a former member of the police department, to ask why is it that Eric Adams was consorting with known felons as a a New York City cop, but Sal Greco, you're saying, is associating with uh, uh, convicted felons uh, and you're firing uh, Sal Greco. You will also, there were other issues like the judge and the administrative uh, judge in this trial who was illicitly constituted because in the NYPD you have to be a deputy commissioner of trials. He is actually a deputy counsel to the NYPD. Therefore, it's in violation of uh, New York City code, administrative code, and New York State code in which he's actually in right now, he's being sued by multiple uh, police officers that also have been uh, fired previously under his uh, trial. There's also an issue with subpoenas because very obviously they subpoenaed my phone records, okay, which is uh, a whole nother issue because, as you all know, this is a administrative trial, allegedly, and uh, criminal association, you can't just subpoena somebody's records. So they wrote narcotics, because you can't just write criminal association because Verizon or whatever company, Facebook, they will not just hand over records. They have to believe that it's a criminal right. action. So they brought narcotics. And then during the trial, when uh, you know the sergeant there and the, and the prosecutor and they all asked, the, uh, the, uh, they were asked this question, uh, why, you know, why is there narcotics? Uh, the answer was, Sal Greco, we never, we never suspected Sal Greco of doing narcotics. Oh, uh, 
well, did you at least dole test them for cause? And uh, for the folks out there, it would be a random drug, well, a drug test. Uh, no. But that didn't stop them from writing narcotics. So they, what you're saying is the department got your phone records from Verizon on the basis that there was some suspicion that you were involved in or doing drugs when the department obviously knew you weren't involved in or doing drugs because they didn't even test you for it or that, really accuse you of it or anything like that. That That is correct, and that is a a, a, a separate issue on top of the well, equal protection uh, part of this with uh, the whole convicted so, felon. Uh, the, the lawsuit hasn't been filed yet, right? No. And what do you think the timetable is here? I believe you have, uh, uh, it should be anywhere, I think, between 60 and 90 days. And uh, there's other issues like, uh, per, uh, I'll, I received a letter. This is something that I don't know if I uh, even told you about. Uh, I received, uh, my firing was obviously August, well, this is funny, August 12th, which was at the same time I got the phone call they were raiding Mar-a-Lago. That's just, you know. And uh, the firing, the official letter from the police commissioner actually said August 8th, which was four days prior. Or in August 8th was the day I got the – and August 4th is the day I was technically fired by the police commissioner as I received the uh, letter. The so problem you, was I worked. <laughs> so you worked four days after you were fired. Yes, I worked two days in uniform. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be paid for this. And on top of it, I was working in uniform with a firearm at, sitting at a, at a desk. Yeah, you'd think if somebody's such a danger to the department that they need to be fired so quickly that we'd make sure they're not running around with a gun and a uniform after they're fired. And here's also another thing, Frank. Uh, I This entire 19-month ordeal. I was never modified or suspended, wow. no, nor was I in my entire career. What? Um, how do you feel about this whole situation, seeing everything that's uh, gone on over the last uh, 19 months? I know uh, on a personal level, you, you've had a tough time over the last year and a half or so. And uh, how do you feel now that at least this portion of your professional life is over? Well, I mean, I spent... 14 years of my life I put into this and I, I tried to excel at this job and I believe that I, I did. And, you know, listen, sometimes I might've rubbed people the wrong way or they took things uh, a certain way, uh, like anything else, you know, it, it happens when you, you try to be, you know, the best at what you do, but you know, uh, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for, uh, the, uh, the, the court proceedings that we're going to have here, you know, taking this the, the lawsuit to the court, and um, we'll see what the what the future holds. I mean, you know, uh, there's many different avenues of things I could I could possibly get involved in. Obviously, you know, politics is one of the first things that come up is I'm being politically persecuted for my politics. So uh, that could be an avenue I could take. Or uh, so you don't know what you're going to do next necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm I'm thinking it through, you know. I could Florida seems like a, a great destination. Well, they want a lot of New York cops down there, supposedly. Oh, uh, I don't know if I, was, I don't know if I could be in law. I, I don't know if I could even be in law enforcement after this. I mean, I was technically smeared for 19 months, uh, hmm. not even uh, by the uh, by the NYPD, but just uh, regular. Which is also another situation where I will be. Uh, 
these people that were smearing me, whether, you know, uh, certain publications that wrote uh, uh, falsehoods, uh, I am looking into that because uh, I believe that should be addressed. Mm. Uh, Sal Greco, wishing you the best of luck. Uh, I hate to see what you've been going through for the last couple of years. Uh, I, uh, I think it sets a very, very poor precedent for not only the NYPD, for, but for police departments around the country. Good luck. Uh, Thank you very much. All right. And uh, stay in touch. Keep us posted. We'll be watching this lawsuit.